Welcome to the Strong Sassy Single Mom Podcast. I'm Josie Smith. I'm a single mom of teens, personal growth junkie, entrepreneur and business owner, writer, creator, and coach. You don't have to be a single parent to get value out of this podcast, but if you are, I'm here to remind you that you're not alone in the journey. And I'm here to help you remind yourself who you are, to reclaim your identity, and grow your confidence as a parent, to help you with the strategies to manage your time, your finances, and your personal relationships, to help you rediscover yourself beyond the roles you've taken on, and to reconnect with yourself on a deeper level so you can create the life for yourself and for your family that you've always dreamed of. Because you deserve it. In this podcast, you'll find a combination of real, tangible strategies you can implement in your life, as well as the tools to help you navigate some of the deep inner work that needs to take place in order to take your identity and your life to the next level. We are digging into all of it. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right, guys, I may just have to make this a permanent part of my introduction, but if you listen to any of my episodes, you might know that you may hear some language in some of these episodes, and if you have small kids around and that bothers you, you might want to just pop in some headphones before we get started. Today's episode is in response to a question that I keep hearing over and over. It's it's one of those questions, though, that's rooted in judgment, not one of those questions where the people asking the question actually want an answer. But I'm here to answer it anyway, because the way this question seems to always be asked has a way of influencing people to second guess themselves or to even start judging themselves. And so if you have been asked this question or if you worry about being asked this question as you go through a journey of reaching for higher goals, finding a higher purpose, and actually pursuing your dreams, I want to give you some very important foundational truths to give you the confidence to keep going, to not let this question influence you to back down from your dreams and just keep playing small. Because you were not put here on this earth to play small. You were put here on this earth to pursue those big dreams that are on your heart to pursue, to change lives, including your own. And the question that I keep hearing over and over and that I've heard over and over for almost as long as I can remember, is this. Why is it important to you to keep wanting more? Why can't you just be happy with what you have? And sometimes it's followed up with, there are so many people who have far less than you have right now. There are so many people who would be so happy just to have what you currently have. You're being selfish. You're being unappreciative. Money can't buy happiness. Or this one, money is the root of all evil. Yeah, don't even get me started on that one. But guess what? It's okay to appreciate what you have while simultaneously wanting more. Wanting more 
having dreams and having goals and having a vision for a life that's beyond what you're currently experiencing, that does not in any way invalidate the gratitude and the appreciation that you can simultaneously have right now for the life you have currently built for yourself and for your family. Ed Milet refers to this as blissful dissatisfaction. And I like that. You can live a blissful life right now in the life you currently have. You can be happy with what you have right now while also not allowing yourself to just be satisfied that that's all you ever need. You can be happy or blissful with what you have without allowing yourself to become satisfied or complacent in mediocrity. I'll compare it to having a teenager. And if you haven't had a teenager or if you don't have a teenager yet, let me explain something to you about teenagers. Their brains don't work right. I'm serious. Like sometimes they say things and you just look at them like, bro, what the f? No, but for real, their brains are still developing. So they do dumb things. But you love them, right? Like most of the time anyway, you love them. You love them just the way they are because that's who they are right now. But you can simultaneously love them just the way they are while also wanting them to not stay that way forever, wanting them to grow in maturity and responsibility and just overall wanting them to become a better version of themselves as they get older. Because have you ever met a 35-year-old who still acts like a 15-year-old? Not cool. It's obnoxious. That is not what you want for your teenager 20 years from now. But you can love your teenager right now exactly how they are while also wanting more for them in the future. And you can be happy with what you have in your life right now while also wanting more for yourself in the future. Now listen, if you are one of those people who's literally thrilled with the life you're currently living and it's already exceeded all your expectations and you never in your whole entire life dreamed of anything more than what you have right now, like you cannot imagine ever being able to enjoy anything beyond what you currently have, then you're listening to the wrong podcast because this message is not for you. But if you have ever, even for a second, caught yourself thinking of how cool it would be to take that trip to Italy you've never been able to take, or to buy that house in Sedona you've sort of dreamed of having, or that ranch in Wyoming with all the horses you used to dream of owning when you were little, but then you've caught yourself, stopped yourself, and reminded yourself that you have enough, that you should just be happy with what you've got, that nobody needs that trip to Italy or that house in Sedona or that ranch with all the horses. But I want to ask you, who told you that? Who told you it wasn't okay to want those things? Who told you that you should be happy with what you have and not want anything more? 
And why the hell did you think you needed to believe them? It all roots down into money and how people feel about money. The beliefs people have about money. Maybe even the beliefs you have about money. It's one thing to believe that money doesn't buy happiness. It's another thing entirely to take that statement and make it mean something deeper. Because while money doesn't, quote, buy happiness, it's a lot harder to be happy when you're struggling financially. It's a lot harder to be happy when your child is sick and you don't have the $20 in your bank account to pay the copay at the doctor's office. It's a lot harder to be happy when your car is almost out of gas and your bank account is at zero and you have three more days until payday and you have to commute 15 miles each way to work every day. It's a lot harder to be happy when your refrigerator is empty and your electric bill is past due and rent is coming up and you had to take a week off work because your child was sick. Money may not buy happiness, but having money puts you in a position where you can move beyond stress and anxiety and fear and actually be happy. But I want to take it even further than that. Beyond just having your basic needs met, because money has a value that's more than just monetary. Money equals freedom. And I'm referring to time freedom, location freedom, job or career freedom. The freedom to use your time the way you want to use your time, rather than having a job or a boss dictate to you where you need to be and when you need to be there. If you're living paycheck to paycheck and you need every penny from that paycheck, you can't always leave work early to pick your kids up from school or take the day off to go on a class field trip when your fourth grader's class asks for chaperones to the zoo. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, chances are you can't structure your job around your life. You have to structure your life around your job. You can't necessarily work from anywhere you want if you want to take a road trip on a whim, if you can even afford to take a road trip on a whim. But how much more valuable would it be for your kids to see the Grand Canyon, to see the Golden Gate Bridge, to see the Statue of Liberty? to see Mount Rushmore rather than just reading about it in a book in social studies class. Money allows you to provide value to your life and to the lives of your family, to be present, to create experiences that you can all live because learning is best lived, not just read in a book. Money allows you to provide a legacy and generational wealth for your family, for generations to come. Having money allows you to set your kids up and to set up their kids and their kids after that to live the life I literally just talked about. Not just provide them with the experiences that they're going to enjoy, but to actually build a life where you are present 
and to teach them to do the same for their future families. To set them up with the ability to create income sources that will provide them with time freedom, location freedom, job or career freedom. When you think about the times with your family that mean the most to you, it's about the time you spend together, the trips you take, the experiences you have, the memories you make. Not about the nine to five you're stuck in and can't get out of because it's the only way you can pay the bills. Now, I'm not telling you not to work. Work is valuable. I'm saying, what if you could work on your terms and not somebody else's? And what if you could teach your kids that they can do the same thing? Money provides peace. And I mentioned this already, but it's a lot more difficult to feel at peace in your life when you're just getting by or barely getting by. It's a lot easier to feel at peace when you have an abundance than when you have lack. And a feeling of being at peace with your life as opposed to living in constant anxiety, this affects your health. It affects your mental health. It affects your physical health. And health problems cost more money. So you can see how this problem can just perpetuate itself and you can get caught in this cycle that feels never ending. Money allows you to bless others. This seems so obvious, but we forget how valuable money is if we want to help other people in whatever way that looks like to you. You could volunteer your time at the shelter serving food, but what if you could donate several thousand dollars so they could actually buy the food? You could write letters as a sponsor to a child in an impoverished country, but what if you could fund the building of a new school for that child and all the other kids in the village? You could donate the clothes you no longer wear to a community closet that serves foster youth in your city. But what if you could build a home to provide those youth with a place to live when they age out of the system and provide them with resources and opportunities that they may not otherwise have access to? And what if one of these things I mentioned is something that you're actually meant to do? You would be doing a disservice to those people that you are meant to serve by not going for more, by not going for your dreams, by just settling for what you have and telling yourself that it's enough, that you should be happy with whatever it is you have and that you don't need anything more. You would be robbing everyone you are meant to serve from the very thing you are called to provide. And I would argue that that is selfish. Now, if you want a little bit of guidance in how to start setting and actually reaching your goals so you can live that dream life you've envisioned, serve the people that you know you're called to serve, you absolutely have to check out my new journal, the 30-Day Purpose Journal, which will help you reconnect with yourself, realign your purpose, and reignite your dreams. I'm really excited because Amazon just shipped out my final proofs for me to review. And 
once I look it over and give it a final approval, it should be officially available for purchase in less than two weeks. But I have an opportunity for you to get a free downloadable, printable version of the journal that you can use for 30 days and then reprint over and over to use every single month for as long as you want. So to get a free downloadable version of the journal, just go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave me a written review, an actual written review, then screenshot it, send it to my DMs with your email address. And within 24 hours, I will email you a copy of the PDF printable version of the journal. Now, initially, I was just going to offer this for the month of February, but I've extended it through the month of March, so you still have time to get a copy. But I probably won't extend it after that, so definitely don't wait. Thanks for tuning in to the Strong Sassy Single Mom podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, share it with a friend or take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. And be sure to tag me so I can share you in my stories too. And if anything I talked about today really spoke to you, send me a DM. I'd love to hear from you. As always, it's been an honor to have this conversation with you today. And until next time, you got this.